Grace be unto you and peace. Number 1306-23. A year with the church fathers. Your heart is like a flower mill. St. John Cassian recalls a striking illustration a wise old abbot named Moses taught him. Your mind is like a flower mill. It keeps grinding all the time, but you are responsible for deciding what it grinds. A good way to illustrate the movement of the heart is by comparing it to a millstone driven by a water wheel. The headlong rush of the water whirls the wheel around with revolving force, and the millstone can never stop its work as long as it is driven around by the action of the water. But it is in the power of the man who directs it to decide whether he will have wheat or barley or weeds ground by it. Whatever he puts into it must certainly be crushed by it. Likewise, the mind, through the trials of the present life, is driven about by the torrents of temptation pouring it upon it from all sides, and cannot be free from the flow of thoughts. But it will decide for itself, by the efforts of its own earnestness and diligence, the character of the thoughts that it should either throw off or allow in. For if, as it is said, and I have said, we constantly go back to meditation on the Holy Scriptures and raise our memory towards the recollection of spiritual things and the desire of perfection and the hope of future bliss, spiritual thoughts are sure to rise from this and cause the mill and mind to dwell on those things on which we have been meditating. But if we are overcome by laziness or carelessness and spend our time in idle gossip or are tangled up in the cares of this world and unnecessary anxieties, the result will be that a kind of noxious weeds will spring up and give our hearts a harmful occupation. As our Lord and Savior says, wherever the treasure of our works or purpose may be, there also our heart is sure to continue. St. John Cassian Institutes 1.18 In God's presence, consider, what have I been grinding in my mind lately? Have I been grinding good wheat or weeds? Closing prayer, Lord, be pleased to send me your truth and enlighten my mind to understand your divine oracles. Thoughts Throughout the Year with Thomas Merton Desert of Loneliness It is in the desert of loneliness and emptiness that the fear of death and the need for self-affirmation are seen to be illusionary. When this is faced, then anguish is not necessarily overcome, but it can be accepted and understood. Thus, in the heart of anguish are found the gifts of peace and understanding, not simply in personal illumination or liberation, but by commitment and empathy, for the contemplative must assume the universal anguish and the inescapable condition of mortal man. The solitary, far from enclosing himself in himself, becomes every man. He dwells in the solitude, the poverty, the indulgence of every man. Raids on the unspeakable. Magnificat, June 2023.
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Jesus said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so your light must shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Meditation of the Day. Your light must shine before others. The world is like a field, and to bear fruit there is as difficult as it is praiseworthy. How glorious is it if a Christian brings forth fruit in an open field, the world, for all too easily the twin sprouts of grace, the spirit of life of virtue, and the fragrance of a good name, wither there and die. The power of fire overcomes all things and is not itself subdued. It imparts its action to the things it encompasses, renews, everything that comes near it, and does not decrease as it spreads itself. So too does the Holy Spirit pervade all things by His power, for He is ineffable in His might. When He enters a soul, He fills it with His fire, and lets it enkindle others. All things that draw near Him feel His renewing warmth. He leads all hearts upward to heaven. When it is cold, the leaves drop off the tree, and one looks in vain for fruit, a proof that warmth is the good and nourishment, so to speak, of all living things. In us, that warmth is the grace of the Holy Spirit. When it is lacking, the heart of man grows cold and ceases to bear fruit, and soon the frost of sin destroys all the life that was in him. Wisdom will not abide in a person that is in debt to sin. Wisdom chapter 1 verse 4. The saints are like the stars. They are always ready to exchange the quiet of contemplation for the works of mercy as soon as they perceive in their heart the invitation of Christ. God's Little Instruction Book 1, 2, and 3 by Honor Books. Golden Nugget number 1 inspired by Proverbs 53.1. An atheist is a man who has no visible means of support. The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. Golden Nugget number 2, inspired by Proverbs 12.22. A half-truth is useless less than half of that, and it's usually less than half of that. The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. Golden Nugget number 3, inspired by 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. I make it a rule of Christian duty never to go to a place where there is not room for my master as well as myself. Don't be teamed with those who do not love the Lord. How can a Christian be a partner with one who doesn't believe? Chesterson, day by day.
If we are to save the oppressed, we must have two apparently antagonistic emotions in us at the same time. We must think the oppressed man intensely miserable, and at the same time intensely attractive and important. We must insist with violence upon his degradation. We must insist with the same violence upon his dignity. For if we relax by one inch the one assertion, man will say he does not need saving. And if we relax by one inch the other assertion, men will say he is not worth saving. The optimist will say that reform is needless. The pessimists will say that reform is hopeless. We must apply both simultaneously to the same oppressed man. We must say that he is a worm and a god. And we must thus lay ourselves open to the accusation or the compliment of transcendentalism. Charles Dickens A Reflection Meekness and kindness adorned our saints and gave them strength and understanding to not return evil for evil. When Emperor Constantius, the son of the Emperor Constantine the Great, became ill in Antioch, he summoned St. Spyridon to offer prayers for him. St. Spyridon, in the company of Trifilus, his deacon, departed Cyprus and arrived in Antioch before the imperial palace. Spyridon was clad in poor clothing. He wore a simple woven cap on his head. In his hand was a staff from a palm tree, and on his breast he bore an earthen vessel containing oil from the lamp that burned before the precious cross, which at that time was the custom of Christians in Jerusalem to wear. Dressed in this way, and in addition, exhausted by fasting, prayer, and the long journey, in no way did the saint give Bray his rank and dignity. When he wished to set foot in the imperial palace, one of the emperor's servants, thinking him to be an ordinary beggar, struck him with his fist on the cheek. The meek and kind saint turned the other cheek to him. When, with great difficulty, he succeeded in reaching the emperor, Spiridon touched the head of the emperor, and the emperor recovered. Quotations by St. Augustine Since love grows within you, so beauty grows, for love is the beauty of the soul. Ancient wisdom for today's world. We are one another's hands. In the consummation of the union of love, we help one another, and because we are sprung from the earth, we are following the primordial law of the earth, which is also God's law. Look at the benefits good marriages bring to humanity, who are the teachers of wisdom, the discoverers of the deepest knowledge, the explorers of everything on the earth, in the sea, or in the sky who are the lawgivers in the cities, and before them the founders of the cities themselves, who founded the arts, who populated the squares and the houses, the tables of banqueteers, who brought together the choirs that sing in the churches, who tamed the ferocity of primitive life, first tilled the soil and crossed the seas, 
What, if not marriage, could unite what was divided? Here's a better point still. We are each other's hand and ear and foot because marriage doubles our energy, cheers our friends and depresses our enemies. Sharing our troubles lessens the pain. Joys put in common are sweeter. Harmony makes riches more precious. And marriage is more precious than the riches themselves. Marriage is the key to the control of the desires. It is the seal of an unshakable friendship. It is drink from a hidden spring. Strangers cannot taste it. It bubbles up yet cannot be drawn from outside. Those who are united in the flesh form one soul and purity and purify their religion by their reciprocal love. Gregory Nazandzin, Poem 2, 189 to 562.